Welcome to the KBB From the Tap podcast. I'm executive editor, Chelsea Butler. This week, I am welcoming Nicole Salcida, owner of San Francisco-based I for Pretty Design Studio. And she's gonna talk with us today about creating and cultivating joy in the workplace and in life. Be sure to subscribe to KBB's YouTube channel and click the like button on our videos. You can also subscribe to KBB's From the Tap podcast on such apps as Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and Google Podcasts, and please feel free to leave a review. So welcome, Nicole, and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Chelsea. Absolutely. So let's start out our conversation by maybe you giving us a little bit of a description of your brand, your firm motto, and how that has evolved through the years. Yeah, we are a full-service residential design firm based in the Bay Area. We are in Danville, California. We specialize in full home remodels, new construction, and full furniture projects. Okay. And then tell us a little bit about your firm motto. Like, what do you all believe in? My motto has always been beautiful design is for everyone. So I think when I first started, that was finding things on, you know, on a, at a discount, getting the look for less. And while that's not necessarily how we design anymore, I still feel like design should be for everyone. And it also, um, it can be affordable and it could still look beautiful at the same time. Okay. Okay, so let's get into some of the nitty gritty of our conversation. Um, how do you stay true to yourself while going through, you know, growing pains? I mean, obviously, we're having a lot of different things going on the last couple of years than we have before. Um, so, yeah, so what are some of your little lessons through those kinds of things? I think there's a lot of pressure to keep up with everyone else, right? And even though it's easy to get wrapped in what wrapped up in what everyone else is doing. I think I've been able to stay laser focused on what my goals and what my vision is for our company. So things that I like to do um, to, you know, stay true to myself is yeah, just focus on our brand and our company and what our vision is for, you know, the future long-term and short-term goals. Is there anything different that you've, you know, had to do the last couple of years to to stay true to yourself? Uh, well, especially during the pandemic with um, working from home more than ever, I think creating that company culture has been something that I've learned a lot from and that's very important to us. And also um, gaining a lot of exposure and um, putting ourselves out there more and more. I think that's also been a, a little bit of a learning curve for us. So how would you say your vision from your business might differ from another business owner's vision? Like, how do you set yourself apart? Well, again, I think it just comes down to um, staying true to who I am as a designer and what I want for my company, what I see us doing might not necessarily be the same as what, you know, another design envisions for her, for her company. So 
I always want to make sure that we are keeping it um, a small boutique feel and very, you know, customer service is always a top priority of ours. So we want to make sure our clients are always feeling like they are um, number one and a priority. Um, And then again, not getting wrapped up in what everyone else is doing. I know a lot of us are looking into you know, product lines and collaborations. And while those things are definitely on my radar, it's not necessarily something that I'm putting a lot of energy into right now. So I think just not comparing myself to other people and focusing on, um, on our goals. Okay. Um, so I, I read on your website, I think, or saw on a bio or on the about page that you say, um, you've learned a lot how to let go gracefully. So in terms of that, is that like clients, employees, if, if it's both, can you kind of talk about each? Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I've been in business seven years now and it's very easy to take things personally. So I've tried over the years to take a lot of the emotion out of those client and employee relationships sometimes, even though that's not always easy. So things with, especially with new clients, you know, sometimes you ignore the red flags that are in the beginning and it might seem like a really great project off the bat. The budget's there, the timeline is there, and maybe it's just not a personality fit from the beginning, or maybe it's somebody that you could tell they don't value your time and expertise. So in that situation, um, and I've had that happen before where we've had to end the contract and it's better for both of us in the long, you know, in the long term, both of us will be better off. We're not jumping into a two or three year project together and being miserable the entire time. So it's better to end things end things there, wish them well, and they will find a better fit for them. In terms of employees, same kind of thing. Um, hiring is definitely part of the job, and it's a very difficult part of the job to find the right fit for your company. And oftentimes, if I'm in a, a rush to hire, if we have a lot of big projects coming up and I'm getting nervous that we don't have the manpower, you know, I'm trying to find someone to fill a position. And again, sometimes I might ignore the fact that you know, they are not flexible or they're looking for a certain amount of hours that I cannot give them, or they're looking for more than what I can offer. It's a situation where, you know, you have to part ways and, and be graceful about it. And it's a small design, design circle. And, you know, you're going to run into people all the time. So some of my employees that have left me same situation, you know, I wish them well, and I want nothing but the best for them. So when it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. And you have to know when to walk away. So what would you say is, you know, an employee that does resonate with your company? Like, what are some of their characteristics? And then, um, and then I have another question after that. Yeah. Well, someone who comes to work for Eifer Pretty is definitely a team player, They are flexible. They're open to suggestions and working together. Um, They are kind-hearted. They put the company above um, all else and really believe in it. I think that's a big part of it is really believing in the vision of I for Pretty and what that means to people. And also 
um, having a good attitude and loving coming to their job and coming to work. So in that same vein, how do you kind of cultivate joy in the workplace for them? Like, what are some of the things you do to, you know, really cherish your employees? Yeah. So to start off, we built out this beautiful design studio and I could have gone down the street and gotten a little office space for us with cubicles or whatever, but I decided that because we deal so often with clients and their homes and their spaces they live in, I wanted our space to create and design in to be just as beautiful as a home that we would design for them. So we did this amazing build out, build out at our studio. It honestly feels like a home more than it does an office. And I think that's the first step. The first thing when you walk into our, our space and we're all working there is you feel that warm, cozy, welcoming feeling when you walk in the door. I don't believe many people want to go to a space that they don't enjoy being in. So that was very important to me to create that environment for our designers and for our staff that works there. Some other things we do, we'll do team lunches. You know, they might be small things like just grabbing them coffee, or they might be bigger things like being flexible with their schedules. Almost every single one of my employees are moms, and that's also very important to me that they know that being a mom and a wife comes first before everything else. And if you're happy in that role and you're satisfied and you're doing everything you need to do for your family, then I believe that's going to trickle down into your work as well. So I'm very flexible with my employees. Some of them come in one day a week. Some of them come in four days a week. But they know that they have that flexibility as long as they get their work done. So tell us how you um, are able to build a, a good team with your employees, like I guess, you know, um, in the workplace and then in your projects as well. Yeah, I think the, the first thing and the most important thing is it comes down to trust. So a lot of my designers and employees have been with me for years and some are newer as we build out the team. But the most important thing is that I trust them. They trust me. Everyone knows their role in the company and we're all very collaborative together. So when I am looking to hire, I usually put it out on social media. That's actually been a really amazing place where I've met a lot of my employees and then we go through an interview process. And what I'm really looking for are characteristics that I know will work well with my current team. Obviously, I'm looking for the skills that they have and they bring with them. But a personality fit is really important to us. So and even when we go when we're working on jobs and I'm determining which designer is going to lead a project, we are fitting our clients and their personalities with one of our designers. So I think that's important too, just to manage the flow of the project. And from a personality perspective, it's very important that they um, get along well. And in terms of, you know, a project team that would include some of your direct employees, but would also include, you know, <clears throat> some of the skilled laborers, contractors, um, sure. and your clients themselves, like how do you build a, a good and like joyful team 
Yeah. Again, I think it comes down to trust and we have our preferred list of contractors that we work with and a lot of great subs that we use on projects. And, you know, it's taken many years to figure out who that team is, but I feel very secure and comfortable in the team I've assembled right now. And again, it goes, it goes back to, you know, how our personalities work together knowing each other, knowing that we could trust that the timeline, that everyone's going to stay on timeline, on budget, and work well together. So I'm always looking for the best contractor fit for a project, the best designer fit for a project. That's always at the forefront of um, of what I'm thinking. So talk to me a little bit about your philosophy on life and how that resonates with, with that of your business. Well, as cheesy as it may sound, I think one of my life philosophies has always been to feel the fear and do it anyways. I I don't think anyone who knows me would say that I shy away from big, scary things. I like to dream big, and then I actually like to go and start the steps into making those dreams come to life. So a couple of years ago, an example, a couple of years ago, I was tossing around the idea of going into um, opening up a brick and mortar. Uh, so a shop. And we started out as a little pop-up shop in the front of our design studio. And I made it a goal of mine if it all worked out that I was going to open up a full-time retail shop in the next year. And um, we made that happen. So this last May, we opened up our first brick and mortar, I for pretty at home. And that's been amazing for us. And yeah, I think I dream big and then I don't just wait for things to happen to me. I go out and I do everything I can to make them happen. And what's your advice for other other designers who may have a little bit of a harder time doing that? I think it's just to start, you know, just start and you'll be amazed at what happens when the ball starts rolling. The minute I started saying yes to clients, um, I took everything on that came my way in the beginning and learned a lot of lessons from that. And then um, got referrals from those clients. The projects got bigger and bigger. And yeah, so my advice would be to just start. And even though it might not be ideal in the beginning, it's going to be hard. You're going to learn a lot. Um, The sooner you start, the sooner you can make it happen for yourself. All right. So wanted to talk a little bit about... um your road to becoming CEO and, you know, the stages of growth that, that have gotten you there. Talk to me a little bit about that. I think you mentioned that you're, you know, this, this comes from your team as well. Yes. So I am a lifelong learner. I love to listen to podcasts like yours. I love to read books. I'm always constantly trying to be better, to know more. And One thing that I've really been looking into is just kind of the four stages to CEO. I think it was a book that I read and you start as a solopreneur, which a lot of us start in that phase. It's just us. We're wearing all the hats. We're doing all the things. And, you know, I was definitely in the weeds as a solopreneur for a long time until I brought on my business manager and my head of operations to help out. 
Then I kind of moved on to the owner operator role, which is, is similar, but I had hired a few people to help me out. Um, and I really learned in that phase that why do it when it's something that I am not great at? I don't know a lot about when I could hire somebody who is an expert in that area. I was just saving so much time and so much money, honestly, by outsourcing and hiring. So that's kind of the owner operator stage. And now I'm in like the owner manager stage where I am hiring managers to run my team. So I am not in the daily ins and outs anymore of the design firm. So questions like, oh, this tile color was wrong or, you know, the sectional sofa is the wrong fabric. Those are not coming to my desk or my email directly anymore. I have managers who manage the design team and managers who, you know, run the books for the business, a manager who runs the shop. So I am really trying to stay in the role of the visionary and executing our long-term and big goals for the company. Will I ever be the CEO? Probably not. And I don't think I want to be. When I think CEO, I think of somebody who's not really involved in the company and has, has like teams under teams to run the company. And that's just not where I see I for pretty, but I'm pretty comfortable right now in my role as the owner manager and trusting that I have the right team and the right seats under me that is um, making sure the company is a success. What are some of your tips for maintaining the work-life work balance? I think, again, it's being true to yourself and knowing what fulfills you. I don't think anyone performs their best when they are being pulled in lots of different directions. So again, that's where the work-life flow comes into play at Ivor Pretty and is very important to me. And a big part of that is our flexible schedules and prioritizing what's important to you and in your life. Um, I don't believe that you should be doing things that don't fulfill you or make you happy or you're not passionate about. If that's the case with one of my employees, I definitely like to have the conversation with them and either, you know, find things to fix it or things that I could do to make it better for them or have a conversation of, is this really the right place for you? And, and maybe it's not. And then I wish them well, you know, because I, my hope is that everyone goes out and finds what makes them happy. That makes sense. Yeah. So I'll round out the conversation by asking you what some of your future plans are personally and professionally. You can start with either one. Yeah. I mean, with the shop being so new, I would love I for Pretty at Home to be like a top shop destination for people to come and visit. You could shop furniture, lighting, rugs, and all home decor at the shop. I would love to get our e-commerce site up and running for that. Um, and then also on the design side, we're starting a, our first custom home build, and I would love to see some more I for Pretty homes popping up all over the nation. That would be a big goal to have custom homes, um, yeah, throughout the nation. And we do have some collaborations in the works. I would love to see, um, yeah, just us continue to be experts in our field and, and the go-to place for all things home design. And then personally, I think it's just to continue working on 
being the best mom, wife, and business owner I could be. My kids are getting older and I'm noticing that, you know, the days are going by so fast with them. So to be present at all times with them, but also to be an entrepreneur and to have all my big dreams is definitely something that I want to continue focusing on and working on. Yeah, I think especially these days it's important to be present. I think we're all learning a little bit more about how to do that. Exactly, yes. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for joining me today. I enjoyed our conversation so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chelsea.